God's grace, his mercy, and his peace are yours from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I have you do something uh, this morning. Grab your bulletin and just look at it for a minute. And you see it, there's words, there's some music, there's a, a picture on the front. And all of them change from week to week on occasion. But there's one thing that's always been the same, consistent, since I've been here, is every bulletin you've had has a fold in it. A fold so that when you open it, you know which page to go to and you can follow it. It's, it's orderly. It's a, a crease so that it's not just pages, it's a booklet and you can follow along. Now, if you put pressure on your bulletin, it will always fold at that crease. That crease has made it weak right there, and so if you actually make another fold, another crease, it will start folding there, and if you crumple the whole thing, it just becomes a little ball, it becomes very weak, and it just folds. A crease kind of determines where things go and and how at least paper folds. If you look at our lives, you could kind of see our lives as a piece of paper with creases in it. We all have tendencies. There's things that we do. There are ways we do things that, that they are the same way every time. So if you get frustrated, if you're easily frustrated, that's one of your creases maybe in your life. Every time pressure is applied, it folds at that crease. Every time a little bit of, of, of gravity maybe is, is put there, then you fold at that crease. And you know what your crease is, and you can actually see it in people around you your family, your friends, you know their creases. We usually call them buttons you can push. Times when you put a little bit of pressure on and they fold just the way you want them to fold. Times you say the right thing and they do exactly what you anticipated. Even though it was a a bad action following, you know they're going to do exactly the same thing every time. And sometimes those creases are so deep and so defined that you could almost count on someone buckling, folding that way. Sometimes creases are good things. A lot of times they're not. A lot of times there's these little things in our lives, that the way we carry things out, that we know we shouldn't do, but every time it comes up, every time the situation is right, it buckles, it folds, and you know what? Creases are reliable. Just like the Israelites were reliable. They were super reliable in the Old Testament. You could count on it. Not in any good way, but in an absolutely horrible way. Every time that God would come and rescue them and and free them from some bad thing, some instance that they caused in their life, they would say, thank you, God, we praise you, we're going to serve you for the rest of our lives. And you know what? Only moments later, they fold. They fall into some sort of sin, and eventually it ends up leading them to worship false gods over and over again. And God would come, and he would save them, and they would say, thank you, God, and they will never serve another god again. And then pressure is applied, and they fold. Just read the book of Judges. Chapter after chapter, they've fallen into sin and idolatry again. That's why Joshua stands up to them today. 
He's seen them folding. He's actually kind of seen them crumple into the ball with all the things that they have. And he says that to them, he stands before, gathers all of Israel's tribes before him, and he says this. Read right here. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord God of Israel says. Long ago your forefathers, including Terah and the father of Abraham, Nahor, lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. Now, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. They were folding. They were creased. And in fact, in Joshua's words, as you hear it, his words indicate exactly where those creases were in their life. His words just, they explain it to us so clearly. He knew that the Israelite people were going off the deep end. He knew that they were worshiping idols and gods. They were not faithful to the Lord, their God. And so he said, do this now. This is, this is showing that, that word there now. It tells you that it's not been done in the past. Do this now. Serve the Lord your God and put aside the idols of your forefathers, the ones you've had in Egypt, and of the Amorites. There were the creases. The gods of your forefathers that they, they worshipped across the river. Now as parents, many parents hope the best for their children, generally speaking. They hope that their children become greater than them, so they try to give them every opportunity to become greater, to, to, to take the things that you aren't so good at and make them good at it. Children, they're smart, they catch on. They know parents want them to succeed, and so they want to be better. They want to build on the legacy of parents, and so they want to put aside all the bad things that their parents have done so that they would become a better parent, a better person, a better citizen. But no matter what you do, there are always creases that go from parents to children. For the Israelites, it was the the crease of idolatry. They weren't there carrying Abraham's idols. They weren't stone and wood idols that they had before him, but they had the same mindset so often of those leaders and forefathers across the river, deep-rooted beliefs that their grandparents and great-grandparents believed. Beliefs that were run by false teachings. Beliefs that served false gods. Beliefs that they didn't have. Beliefs that worked their way into their lives, whether they liked it or not. Children, if you look at yourself, maybe you're you're younger now, but as you've grown up children, there's probably things you see you doing the same as your parents. Things that your parents didn't teach you as if they they thought they were teaching, but they they were teaching you by how they acted, by by what they said. And the same thing here, their forefathers believed in these idols. And that belief was still held deep 
in the hearts of these Israelites, they believed it. Because if our parents did it, why is it so bad if we do it? They got away with it. Why can't we? A crease. A weak point. That when pressure is applied, certainly they're going to fall back on what their forefathers, their parents, their grandparents had taught them. Truths that may be not scriptural truths, but false truths, worldly truths. Joshua says, be careful. Your forefathers. Be careful also of those Amorites in whose land you now live. The Israelites were nomadic until this point. So they, they traveled in the desert, then they finally came to Canaan, and all around them was a culture that was run on false beliefs. Everything they did was to serve their false gods. If you had a field, if you planted, the success of your field and your crops depended on worshiping the right God, the fertility God. The success of your family, of your life, depended on, on who you worship and the sacrifices you made So as the Israelites came into the land of Canaan, they looked around and saw these people and what they did. They thought, this maybe is good for us. It can't hurt if I maybe serve another God, if it helps me with my crops or my family. And so they fall into the same sins again, a crease in their lives, and they break to culture, even though they stand in culture saying, I'm not going to fall for any of this stuff. I'm going to still serve the, the same God Israel's history said different. They fell. They didn't serve God. They worshiped false gods. So Joshua gives them the choice. Verse 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your forefathers beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are now living. But as for me, my household, we will serve the Lord. He's calling them to have some sort of conviction, to make a stand, to, to show their colors, who they stood for, because they didn't really stand for anyone at all. A little bit of teaching of God's word and worship of God's word, a little bit of, of deep-set false truths that they relied on, a little bit of worship of idols is, is all together, and Joshua stands up before them and said, who are you going to serve today? Choose this day. And they could. They were believers. God enabled them to choose whether to serve God or to, to serve false gods. Choose this day. Well, if Joshua was speaking to us, what would he say? Would he say, watch out for the sins of your forefathers? The idols they had? I think it would be good advice. Because there's deep-set roots in our hearts that we call it worldview. How we view everything, how the, the things that we think are right and the things that we think are wrong... Things that often come from our parents and their parents. 
things that may be scripturally wrong, things that aren't beneficial to your faith, and yet we hold to them as true because that's what our forefathers taught. And Joshua wakes us up today and he says, be careful. Everything that your forefathers has given you, look in light of Scripture. Is it God's word? Is it good for you? You're going to have to dig deep into that heart of yours and see, is my heart serving the Lord? Or is it just doing what my forefathers have done? In, in our land, the, the Amorites were the, the culture of that time. In our culture, we think to ourselves, certainly I can stand this culture and I can, I can hear the things of this culture and I can do the things of this culture and I can still stand for the Lord. And yet so often we get so mixed up. We begin to hear the, the, the things in songs and movies and in our own talk with other people, and we think we can decipher what is good and what is bad, and we think for our children, if, if they can decipher the times that I'm good and I'm bad, certainly they know. They don't. All of a sudden, this crease forms that we fall into. Where we begin serving other gods, so to speak. Serving our sinful desires. Parents who, who teach their kids God's word isn't so important. Well, it's easy for that child to grow up knowing God's word isn't so important. The, the language we talk and speak or how we talk about people certainly Children are, are listening to their parents and to other adults. How we treat other people, even behind closed doors, we're teaching them. And we are taught. The little things in, in our culture that, that we may maybe think are good because everyone else is doing it. Think of what it would have been like to be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three Jewish men in Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar says to them, bow down to this idol. Everyone bow down. If you don't, you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And when he played all the music, the moment the music played, everyone bowed down, except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It would have been easier for them to bend their knees and worship that God, or at least pretend to. I'm sure they weren't the only Israelites there at that time, and so there were some bending down because of the pressures of society and culture. They said, we've got to do this. Certainly we'll still serve the Lord, but we're going to bend down and worship this God, or at least pretend to, to fit in so that we don't have to go to the fiery furnace. And yet Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood up straight, knowing the fiery furnace was there. The creases that we have. I don't have to go into each of your individual creases because you know what they are. The, the times that when, when pressure is put on you, you fold and you buckle. It's like fault lines. You know it's not good for you, but you can't help falling into it. 
So how do we follow Joshua's call? Choose this day. When is now? Where he says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Because you, you're Christians, you're believers. When, when is now? When do we start serving him faithfully? When is the moment when the things in culture are opposite of our faith and we stand up like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? When do we look introspectively into our hearts and find the deep sin that is rooted there, the false views of other people, the false teachings that our parents maybe passed down to us? When do we look at ourselves as parents and look what we're teaching the next generation? When is now? Well, look at the verses before verse 14. Now comes when we see God. Now comes when we see who God is. For the Israelites, those verses before verse 14, that was the God who took them out of Egypt. They got themselves there. They they got themselves in trouble. There was no way they were getting themselves out of it, and yet God came to them in a miraculous way, in a pillar of fire and cloud, separating seas and rivers, sending plagues, and he brought them out of Egypt, and they saw God. And the moment Joshua finishes explaining that, he says, Now, now go serve and be faithful. Put aside all idols. That now for us is just like Egypt. When we see God. When we see how God takes a situation like our fractured lives and he deals with it. That now comes when there's this perfect unblemished life that is not creased or folded or fragmented that comes to cover over our own creases and fragments and folds. A perfect life that he was willing to give on the cross and he covers us over making us look good before him and holy. A life that was lived on this earth in perfect obedience to God. Not one rip or tear or stain. That's when now begins. When we see what Christ has done for us. That's when we begin to see who we are. In response for what Christ has done to us, we begin not just tiptoeing around those, those creases in our lives, those fault lines, those sins that we keep falling into, not just dealing with it partially, like falling into it and hitting the reset button and starting over and falling into it and hitting the reset button and starting over and on and on and on. It starts to be healed when Christ is there. When we rely on Christ's strength rather than ours because our strength is like this. We fold in half every single time and yet when we see ourselves walking towards that fault lying again, that crease, we turn to Christ and say, I am nothing, I am weak. Please, Lord, give me strength. Bring me healing. And there he does. As we rely on him and his faultless life, 
He gives us the ability to choose this day who we will serve. That we can choose to serve the Lord. That we can say, for as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As I approach my weak points in my life, I can stop and say, where from here, Lord? Because I know in my weakness I will fall right back in. Where from here? That's the two things God calls us to do. Throw away God's and serve the Lord. That word serve in the Hebrew it literally means work. How are we working for the Lord in our lives? How are we working on the sin that we have? Are we just hiding it? Are we covering it over? Are we trying to push it out of sight, out of mind? Or do we open up and confess our sins and say, I'm sorry, Lord. Choose you this day who you serve. It's an amazing thing. Once time, once the crease goes away, the strength that's there. That's what Christ has done for us. He's our strength. First, giving us eternal salvation, and then for our lives that are so creased and crumpled and bald, he, he gives us the strength daily to better deal with those, to better stand on our feet because he has given us the strength to stand, to flee from temptation, to avoid those fault lines. He heals us. We thank God for the strength that he has given, that we can say now we will be faithful in serving the Lord. I choose this day to serve you, Lord, because of everything that you have done for us. Amen. Please stand. <clears throat> we can turn, continue with the Apostles' Creed on confessing our faith on the bottom of page 7 in your bulletin. <clears throat> we confess. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.